0: Grace and peace to you. Gotta get that just right. Appreciate your prayers for Brother Don, and I'm sure he'll have something to say when he gets back. And then I uh, think you see that. Appreciate Brother Jim, and but he's been hobbling around here a lot, and I think he's going to have to have something done. Uh, it's our two song leaders. They're not getting any younger, just like you're not getting any younger. So it would be nice if uh, one or two or three of our brothers would agree to help out with song leading, maybe even on an occasional basis. So just something to think about and pray about. Uh, I know you got to get up front. I know that's kind of scary, and you got to hear your voice, but you know what? The Lord will help you do it. So just something to think about. Maybe that's on your bucket list. Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Does everybody know what the bucket list is? Before you kick the bucket, certain things you want to do. I should have brought a bucket, but I didn't. I, I had the axe last week, so I thought that might have been enough. Uh, I w- I'm just curious... Does anybody here really have a bucket list that you sat down and made? Nobody. Okay. Ah, we got one back there. Okay. You don't have to tell me what's on it. All right. I mean, I think everybody has things rattling around in your head. You think, yeah, I might like to do that or go there. You know, there's a hundred different things, uh, you know, people think about on this bucket list thing you want to go to. Paris or Rome or something like that or climb the Andes or jump out of an airplane, preferably with a parachute, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I don't know. What, uh <laughs> you want to, uh, Well, I guess some other things down here, go to the Super Bowl or World Series one time, you know, make a game. Maybe you want to finally reel in that 10-pound bass. Uh Maybe the hole-in-one, right? Love to have a hole-in-one. Whatever. So, I guess some people do this. There was a movie made. Was that this year? No, it couldn't have been this year. Last year? Some old guys doing their bucket list thing. I guess I didn't see that, but it's out there. Paul had a couple of things on his bucket list uh, here in Romans 15, just kind of to introduce the lesson. Um 22 for this reason I've often been prevented from coming to you, but now, with no further place for me in these regions. and since I have had for many years a longing to come to you, whenever I go to Spain, for I hope to see you in passing, to be helped on my way there by you when I first enjoyed your company for a while, but now I'm going to Jerusalem serving the Saints. For Macedonian and Achaia have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. Yes, they were pleased to do so, and they, are indebted, and they are indebted to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in their spiritual things, they are indebted to minister to them also in material things. Therefore, when I finish this and I put my seal on this fruit of theirs, I will go by way of you to Spain." I know that when I come to you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. So there's a couple things here that Paul was planning to do, wanting to do. He wanted to see the brethren in Rome. He had not been to Rome. Some of them he obviously knew. If you read chapter 16, he's indicating he knew these people. He might have met them in other places, but uh, he had not been to Rome. We know he did get to Rome, but maybe not in the way he wanted to when he was shipwrecked and he was under arrest and all that. Whether he ever got to Spain, that's evidently another thing he wanted to do to preach the gospel there. Scholars debate. I don't have a thought on that. He may have got there. He may have not. But it was something that he evidently wanted to do to go to Spain to preach the gospel. Well, we're going to talk about our bucket list and not anything specific like we've talked about, those kinds of things, but I think it's quite plain in Scripture that uh, there is a bucket list that every person should accomplish or do before they meet their maker. I know the Scriptures don't use that term, but there is a bucket list. And I got four things on it we... We might add some things, uh, but I think these are the primary ones. And the first one is this. If you want, we'll turn to Luke 5 to look at that in a moment. And that is, get right with yourself. Now, this might sound strange, and you may have never heard this one, except maybe somewhere in some self-help talk or some kind of psychology, but this is Bible. This is the Word of God. So many people are not honest with themselves. And that's where it has to start. If you're not honest with yourself, it leads to dozens of problems, maybe more than that. It prolongs the problems you have. They never get fixed, and they just get worse. People will not admit their own personal brokenness. Now, they'll confess, yeah, we're human, we're all sin, but when it comes to themselves personally, they won't do it. They won't do it. They won't admit their sins, their weaknesses, their faults, their foul-ups, their failings. They won't admit. They won't admit their sins, their oversteps of the word of God. They're leaving things out their evil thoughts, their sharp-tongued words. They won't admit them. You have to be honest with yourself before you meet God. If you're not honest with yourself, these things happen. You tend to just ignore these things. You have them. We all have them, don't we? If a man says he has no sin, he makes God a liar. Isn't that first John one? If a man says he has no sin, he makes God a liar. But so many people they just laugh it off. No big deal. You meet anybody like that? Or anything's pointing out to them, oh, that, that's no big deal, that's no problem. That person is not being honest with himself. They're afraid to look in their own life and admit their failures. Some people pretend they have no problems. They just go about life, you know, in this cloud, this fantasy world. Oh, I'm okay, I'm good. Ever meet anybody that ever says that all the time? I'm good. I'm good. Even when you try to talk something serious, I'm good. They're pretending everything's all right. Or there's always those who blame everyone else for their problems. It's never their fault. Never. Their fault. They never accept responsibility. Honest. Not honest. One of my favorite authors, she writes articles. She's written a couple books. Her name is Andre Sio. She has a couple wonderful little short blurbs, I guess you'd say. What do they call those now? Those little clips. And one I got out of one. I'm going to share one of them with you. And she, she wrote this. She says, what I thought was my personality was really sin. Was really sin. And sometimes that's the way it is. We think, oh, you know, we, here, here. that's just the way I am, right? That's just me. And I'm just sharp-tongued and I just blab everything. That's just me. Well, does that mean you can't change? That you don't hurt people with what you do or say? If we're like that, again, nothing ever gets better. There's no repentance. There's no change. There's no acceptance of responsibility. And here's the thing. The image of Christ never develops in that person because they never get rid of the sin. They never get rid of it. They can't get rid of it because it's still there. They pretend it's not there. So the real image of Christ does not develop. How do we get right with ourselves? Luke 5. Real quick, you know, I've talk- got four points here, so we can't delve deeply into any of these. But this is where it starts. This is the story, you know, uh, Jesus was teaching uh, on the lake. He was in the boat that belonged to Simon Peter. And uh, Luke five and four, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, "Put out into the deep water and let down your nets for catch." Simon answered, "said Master, we worked all night and caught nothing, but I'll do as you say and let down the nets." You know, he's we've talked had this uh, story before. He's the fisherman, you know. He, that's his life's work. He says, "You know, Lord, you know, we fished all night. We know there were no fish today." But he says, "Okay, you tell us to do, we'll we'll do it." He humbles himself. When they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish, and their nets began to break, so they signaled to their partners and the other boat for them to come and help them, and they came and filled both of the boats, so they began to sink. Huge catch. They had nothing all night. Now they got enough in two boats, and they're both going down. This is overwhelming. And so when Simon Peter saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Go away from me, Lord. For I am a sinful man, O Lord. He is so overwhelmed by the miracle, by the person of Jesus. He says, Lord, you just have to go away from me because I'm sinful. He knew Christ was holy. He was God's Son. This is where it starts. We need to get right with ourselves. Lord, I am sinful. You ever said that in a prayer? Serious. Lord, I am a sinful person. You ever say that in a prayer? You need to say that in a prayer. You don't have to name a particular sin. You just need to admit that. Lord, because you know you never admit that, guess what? You don't need Jesus. You don't need him. I'm serious. In your heart, you don't need him if you don't admit your sinfulness and confess your sins. The scripture's filled with it. But we're not honest with ourselves. We're going to touch a little bit more on this later. So we need to come face to face with Jesus and our own sinfulness. We need to look at the cross and say, He did it for me because I'm sinful. We have to be honest with ourselves before God. That's step one, starting point on the journey. Number one on the bucket list be honest with yourself. Second point, then, then we can get right with God. Until you admit your sin, you can't get right with God. It's just not possible. Now, you might go through the waters of baptism, but if you don't think you really need it, if you're just having somebody do something to you because, you know, this is what you're supposed to do, doesn't do you a bit of good. Not a bit of good. Even too many Christians are not right with God because they're not right with themselves. Because they have come to maintain this appearance of righteousness. This facade of goodness. This air of holiness. I'm a Christian. They wouldn't dare think of confessing or admitting to anything they'd done. Let alone before the congregation. What would people think? I'm thus and such. Wow, that's a dangerous spot to be in. James 5.16 Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Let me ask you this. When is the last time that you confessed a sin to someone else. This is a hard lesson, isn't it? This is serious stuff. This is our bucket list. For those who are not in Christ... We need to admit our lostness, hopelessness, dark future without Jesus, that we are sinful. And we're going down the drain. Nothing to look forward to. I want to, for some reason, the Lord led me to Hebrews 12, and I want to work my way through this a little bit. There's a balance here. I think that's why. As the Hebrew writer is kind of wrapping up, All that he's said about the superior of Jesus. He's the high priest. He came to be one of us. His blood, he became flesh and blood and overcame death and so forth. He's talked about, I don't have time to do the whole chapter, he's referenced Mount Sinai, the Hebrews, and they came, God came down and the mountain was quaking and thundering and lightning, and they couldn't get close, and they were afraid of God. And he's saying, now it's different. Now it's different, okay? It's serious, but it's different. There's, a, there's things here that you really have to weigh and be careful of, and there's a lot of good things here, too, that God has changed everything. So Hebrews 12, 22, he said, But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, It's a different place. It's not that old, dark, thundering Mount Sinai. This is the city of the living God now. This, This is hope. This is the real future. And to myriads of angels, all right, thousands upon thousands of angels, God's ministers, to the General Assembly and Church of the Firstborn who are rolled in heaven. If you're a Christian, that's what you're a part of. And if you're not a Christian, that's what you want to be a part of. That general assembly, read church, enrolled in heaven. Might be one of the books talked about in Revelation. Book of life. Book of my people. Got the names written down. That's where you've come. And to God, the judge of all. Yeah. The judge of all. Every one of us, everyone who's ever lived, everyone alive today, everyone who will ever live, God will judge in righteousness, in righteousness, according to his word, and of the spirits of the righteous made perfect. I take that to mean those who have already gone on before. We've been studying Wednesday night what happens after you die. Notice, to the spirits have been made perfect? They already made it. Wonderful. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood, which speaks better than the blood of Abel, the blood of Christ we just had this supper, the body and the blood, reminding us Of the death. That someone had to die so that we could live. He died because we're sinful. You have sin. I have sin. But this blood, as the Hebrew writer wrote, actually takes away the sin. Not the blood of bulls and goats or any other kind of sacrifice. Jesus' blood. It's the only blood that takes away sin. The new covenant. See to it that you do not refuse him who is speaking. That's an admonition. That's a warning to everyone. Don't refuse God who is speaking to you now from his word. Whatever you need to do, don't refuse him. Whether you're not a Christian, you need to obey now. Whether you are a Christian, listen to his word. Listen up and do what's right. God is judge of all. It's coming. For if those did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape who turn away from him who warns from heaven. Contrast with the old and new covenant. His voice shook the earth then, but now he is promised, saying, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also Heaven. Prophetic stuff we're studying in Revelation. Everything's going to go. It's all going to be shaken and come down. Are you ready? This expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things. Created things are going to be shaken and removed. It's all going to be shaken up. Sometimes we talk about, you know, a new new guy comes into the office, a new boss, a new CEO of the company, and he shakes things up. Well, this is what God's going to do at the end. He's going to shake it all up, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. The eternal things will remain. And he's going to remake things, new heavens and a new earth. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, the body of Christ, the church, the people of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, that's not can't be shaken. We read in Daniel that the Son of Man came and he was given a kingdom that will never end. That's the kingdom he's talking about. Are you part of that kingdom? Are you sure? It's the only kingdom that will remain after God shakes it all down. Let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. If you are a Christian in the kingdom, is this the way you're serving God? An acceptable service in every portion of your life whether it's home your marriage your children whether you're serving God in the congregation whether you're out in the community are you the salt and the light are you serving with reverence and awe of God for our God is a consuming fire yes he is and yes he will Those who are not his. Gone. Gone. You don't want to be in that group. But you need to complete your bucket list. Be honest with yourself and get right with God. Christian or not Christian. If you're not a a Christian, you need to come to Christ for salvation. If you are a Christian, you need to live the right life. Maybe you're just playing around. Goofing off. Are you serving God with reverence and awe? Number three, go to Matthew 5. Get right with the other people in your life. What's Jesus say? Therefore, if you are presenting your offering at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your offering there before the altar and go. First, be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your offering. The context is worship. We read in 1 Corinthians 11 about examining ourselves before we partake of the cup. In the bread. Do we really do that? Do we look deeply into our hearts and lives before we partake on Sunday and say, I really need to fix this. That's what this is about. Sounds important to me. In fact, it sounds crucial to me. I think it's a life or death thing. This tells us that if we serve God, we must serve others. If we love God, we have to love others. Being right with God also means being right with other people in our lives. You cannot separate the two. You absolutely cannot separate the two. You read that everywhere. I remember John, John writes, you know, if you see your brother or sister and he's hungry and thirsty and so forth, and you say, oh, be filled, be filled, and you walk away from him. How, what does he say? How does the love of God abide in you? And the answer is it does not. You See, that's what's to be flowing through us is not our love, but the love of God by the Holy Spirit. So, if someone has something against you, I would say you should make that right this afternoon. I'm serious. This afternoon. As soon as you leave. Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others... Then your father will not forgive your transgression. Could it be any plainer? Well, how they say you have a hard time um, misunderstanding that? It's no plainer. But how many walk around with a grudge, nursing that little hurt? waiting for an opportunity to get even, to say something, to throw it up into somebody's face. Yeah, we don't take it serious, do we? Forgiveness means you absolutely let it go. And you will not remember it again against anybody, against that person. Not in your mind. Not in in your mind. It's very plain. If you want forgiveness, you need to forgive. Again, you got that situation in your life right now? You need to talk to someone? Maybe you already did, but you still haven't settled it in your own heart? I encourage you, take care of it Take care of it this afternoon. Don't let it fester and get worse. This is our bucket list. Number four. If I'm honest with myself, if I'm right with God, and if I'm right with other people... I want to help others get right with God. Don't I? Cuz I know what they're going to miss out on. Yeah, you know, we oftentimes we speak about the bad part. Yeah, you're going to be lost. But look what you're going to miss out on. You're going to miss out on life with Christ. In a, in a glorious paradise, there's new heaven, new earth. However you want to style that, we've been studying that on Wednesday night. Glory, honor, you would be with the Lord. Things you never imagined, goodness. And in this life, in this life, you have the peace and the joy that Christ can give. And wow, as as I'm saying that, boy, if you don't have the peace and joy that Christ can give, maybe you are not right with God. Because that's one of the great blessings of the the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? Love, joy, peace. Absolutely. Love, joy, peace. We're serving Christ, we should have it. James 5:19, My brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and one turns him back, I could, I could pick several scriptures here and we're talking whether we we're to, are talking about somebody from the congregation who has wandered away and gone back into the world, or whether it's somebody that's never known Christ. The idea is the same in verse 20. Let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way. And the first thing I want you to note is let him know that he does not refer necessarily to elders or preachers. Does it? There's no mention of that whatsoever. He, anyone, the person. It's the work of God. Sinners are in error. They need to be shown their error, whether it's doctrinal, or whether it's practice, whether it's moral, ethical. What's not consistent with the Word of God, they need to be shown it. Hopefully, they'll see it and repent. Turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul, his soul from death, and will cover a multitude of sins. Be helping save a person. You won't save him. You know that we're we're just a vehicle there. We bring them to Christ Jesus. He saves them. But you're instrumental in helping do that. They'll save a soul. And then the multitude of sin. Well, if the person comes to Christ, guess what? You're supposed to stop sinning, right? We put to death that old man and we put on the new, and so there will be less and less and less sin in that person's life. And so a multitude of sins will be done away with, will not be committed by the person who comes to Jesus. And you can be a part of that. And as Christians, we want to be a part of that. If we're right with God and we love others, we want to help do that. The question becomes, is this your bucket list? Are you working on it? You know, sometimes you know we we listen to the Word of God proclaimed. I don't care if it's me or somebody else, and you know we just kind of, oh, that's nice. That's a nice lesson. The Word of God is meant to change us, isn't it? Sometimes it changes us a lot brings us to Christ and sometimes a little incremental yeah I need to do better there but that's what it's for to make us look at ourselves and change to become more like Christ and see what what do I need to do Maybe uh, maybe it validates yeah I'm in good shape praise the Lord but maybe it really hits us home and says wait a minute wait a minute Jeff You're in bad shape there. You need to get right with God. I don't know how this lesson hit you this morning. I hope it did what God wanted it to do in your heart and mind. And I pray that you respond accordingly. You need to get right with God. I hope you do. We can help you this morning, Christian or not. You need to get right with yourself. Are you just not being honest, pretending? I know that takes work. It takes effort to admit, I need help. We got to do it. You need to get right with somebody else. Maybe they're in here, I don't know. You need to do it. And then meet the challenge, meet the love. Learn to love helping others get right with God. However you need to respond this morning, we're here to help you while we stand and sing.